Testing. Hey, there we are. Hi, everybody. My name is Dylan. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm one half of some nobodies. We are an internet content creating group. We do mo short films. We do podcasts. We do that sort of thing. We do this show. And the show is Twitching Upstream. Now, normally what Twitching Upstream is, is every Tuesday, my writing partner, Zach, and I take an idea that we've previously worked on, and we send it through the ringer a few times, develop it a little bit, see if we can't get ourselves a stronger foundation. Zach can't be here this week, so I am going to take the reins fully, and I'm going to do just a writing episode. We're going to do a writing stream here because I need accountability to get my projects done, and there's nothing more accountable than the camera and everybody watching me. So uh, to follow up on the last, this is the second writing stream I've done, and to follow up on the project that I did last time, real quick. So this is a fantasy screenplay. It is inspired by a pitch Zach and I put together for a remake competition. We were tasked with remaking the movie Dungeons and Dragons, and we didn't adhere too much to the story of the movie. It was more like a uh, thematic remake with some uh, re uh, reintegrated characters. We did a little bit of something different. Um, and last time, I got about seven pages down of, I think it was described by one person as anime fantasy sky pirates which is pretty cool i think oh will i go on record as believing myself to be the better half of some nobodies it's a safe space and my response is confidential trust me from red flanagan no no <laughs> this whole thing doesn't exist without zach well it doesn't exist with both both of us to be honest but let's be real here uh, this is a partnership um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so what we had, I've been doing, this is adapted from a relatively long winded pitch I had written a while ago, which was, um, just a remake of D and D and it's not like, honestly, not that, um, I'm going to say good. Why not? I'll say good. It's not very good, but, uh. You know, I'm here to make this a little bit longer. So we have the opening scene where the characters are escaping from a bunch of goblin pursuers on the back of a skyship. They have a uh, crystal on their back of their ship that is causing trouble. Uh, we meet the party. We meet Dodd, the captain and the rogue. We meet Fist of Bronze, a suit of armor that's also a monk and the engineer. We meet Harlock and Marion, a pair of half-demon magic users. And we meet Sister Elm, who is an elf swords person um i'm gonna say swords person because i don't know if she's actually a class or not i'm just gonna say that she's good at using the sword she runs around and does stuff like that so um they managed to escape the goblins without a whole lot of trouble they go back to the city of greyhawk which if you know dnd is kind of the classic um the og dnd setting so um right now they have just successfully turned in their job 
gotten their money, and we're just kind of seeing what all of them are dealing with. Uh, we see the uh, two mages going to the academy where they're like, should we tell him about dad? And it's like, we're not going to tell him about dad until he's a problem, so we can plant that seed now. We see Elm go to the uh, forest district and have to deal with her obligation to the elves, such as it is. And we see the Warforged, and we just kind of left off where the Warforged was going to their temple because they are, after all, a monk. So they need to go to the temple and do their dues. Um, we're going to have him have some sort of like issue with being a Warforged and what that kind of looks like in this setting because you never trust robots. Pop culture is so tainted the idea of half-demon that even saying the word kind of evokes erotic supernatural fiction. Such a shame. Hey, man, if you're not going to read my Destiel fan fiction, then I don't want to talk to you. Um, Fist of Bronze. So at this point, Fist of Bronze is trying to get into the temple to do his um, ablutions, such that they are, and he's going to be confused for just like an animated servant. So we're going to have a little through-thread of like, I'm a big fan of uh, storylines about robotic liberation. Um, Fist of Bronze must do the do. There is plenty of room for uh, product placement in this. We're probably going to have some sort of like virtual tabletop product placement, uh, some sort of dice manufacturer, uh, and we're going to make jokes about <coughs> various editions of D&D. So let's see, Fist of Bronze. Uh, let's see, how does Fist of Bronze react to being called Construct? Constru we're going to have him have minor anger issues. Priest. All must enter through the, what is it, the auxiliary courtyard. How do I spell auxiliary? I am a oh what's a what's a fun rank? Not black belt. I don't like black belt. Uh three ring? Do we have him have sort of like I am a let's see. I'm a member of the uh member of the ringed circle. And I am here to pay my you don't pay your ablutions, you pay respects. You I'm here to offer my service during my time in the city. The priest looks at him skeptically. Priest enter. Yeah. Uh, I'm using Writer Duet right now, which is really good at uh, filling in the forms by uh, for you, which is so great because formatting is one of the things that acts as kind of a gatekeeping mechanism for a lot of uh, script writing. So... I'm going to use this to um, make sure that doesn't happen. But this script isn't going to be sold anyway. This is probably going to be a spec I put online and just have people read and tell me that I did something wrong, which is how it goes. You you, you try to do better every time. Priest looks at him skeptically, and what does the priest say to this uh, Minotaur robot offering to... Hmm. I am sure I would know of any... Automated adherence present in the city, and then Fist of Bronze cuts him off. I 
have been absent for some time. No doubt your ledger is out of date. Does he have a meatbag term? Does he do the meatbag thing that the droids of Star Wars do? Mountain Dew is tie-in as a potion of haste, and Pep Coin is calculating gold points, silver points, copper points, denomination. Level up with seven up. Oh, God. That's just terrible. That's just one of the worst things I've ever read in the history of reading things. Uh, no doubt your ledger is out of date. If you need further confirmation, please speak to... Uh, not Father, Master... Uh, what's a good name for, like, a fantasy master monk? What's a name I use all the time? Uh, I already used Harlock. Master yeah, why not? We'll do a shout-out. And then, Priest. Master, uh, unfortunately for Fist of Bronze, his ma the Master's dead. Uh... You must have spent quite some time out of the city. Master Flanagan met his end at the at the Battle of Breaker's Peak. I don't know. I think Breaker's Peak is something, but it sounds cool. I'm going to look that up real quick. Breaker's Peak, Breaker's Peak... Cool. Breaker's Peak is not a pre-existing thing. Cool. You must have spent quite some time out of the city. Master Flanagan met his end at the Battle of Breaker's Peak. Oh, I don't want to end that yet. This temple is temporarily under the authority of Master... Bron should do the meatbag thing, but super respectful and deferential. Yeah, he'll probably be like, oh, I wish I could... If only I could experience a mortal life, but I am so long-lived because I don't suffer, you know, natural causes such as they are. Under the authority of Master... Uh, not Iron, but I want it to be an I name. Mr... You know what? I'm going to reuse a name that some people want. Master Ibari. But I suppose he would be. I suppose he would. But I suppose this issue is below his notice. Fist of Bronze makes a deferential gesture, not gesture. The priests. Eyes narrow, then he leaves. Let's see. Uh, fist of bronze moves between the various altars, but it's clear. He's not happy. We're gonna go to in we're gonna do an exterior shot. Uh a long night night. 
that's the name of a tavern. We're doing a we're doing an innuendo with that one, and that's one of my favorite innuendos. And it's not published yet, so I'm gonna reuse this name until something I publish uses it, and then I will stop using it in all my unpublished stuff. That's how you do it. If you have a good name, use it until it's official, and then don't use it anymore. Uh, a long night is a. Uh, den of scum and villainy. We're doing this. We're doing, I mean, it's tropes. We're doing fantasy tropes. It's great. Um, God sits with, oh, what did I name his love interest? It was something. Oh, we're not doing the long night yet. We're not doing this scene yet. We're doing exterior, uh, Greyhawk, Grand Citadel, evening. Let's see. Uh, what else are we doing here? Greyhawk Grand Citadel evening. The plaza outside the Citadel is bustling. Let's see. Uh, what would you call someone like a hawker? Now we're not doing a hawker. We're doing uh, commoner one. Commoner number one. Screw it. We're doing this. Uh, commoners and city folk move about their business. Some stop to watch the heavily armed guards outside the citadel entrance. Commoner number one. I hear the mages is convening. No room for us common folk in there. Commoner number two. Uh, and this is a meeting, this is like the, a big senatorial meeting right now. Nah, the commoners councils uh, about to tell the high senate what's what you watch. Commoner number one. Nah. Commoner's council ain't nothing but... Nah. Uh, ain't common at all. Major's never done nothing convenient for me. Common peasant talk. Excellent. I love it. Uh, nah, commoner's council ain't common at all. And the mages ain't never... Done nothing for me. It's, just, it's cool. It's great. I love it. It's so dumb. Uh, we're going to interior. Uh, Greyhawk Grand Citadel. High Council. High Senate Chambers. Chamber. This, this original pitch was a, it was supposed to be a remake of the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which has a lot of Senate-based politics in it, um, which means you are going to have that bit in here um, about, about fantasy politics, and I'm cool with that, and assembly chamber of well-dressed uh, politicians 
Most are clearly regular uh, leaders. A small fraction are obviously magical magic users. A Savina, a young commoner, stands Savina, uh, 30s, dignified, uh, regal, stands in the center of the speaking floor alongside Profion. And, you know, when we had to make, um, when we had to pitch this meeting, we had to also come up with who this uh, cast was. And I said, you know what? We're just going to get Jeremy Irons to play Profion again because he is so fun. And this is a slightly paid down one. Um, 50s, uh, zealous magic user. Spina. Let's see. What are we saying here from Savina? So something along the lines of... Let me pull up my summary real quick. We're going to have Savina... Let's see. She's talking about... Ooh, I would love to run a magic fantasy electoral campaign, but the thing about that is that it normally has really heavy uh, narrative permission systems, which I know not everybody in my group tend to uh, like very much. Tend and promise to regulate all defiler magic and provide incentives for preserver alternatives to avoid the oncoming dark sun climate change crisis. That's a lot of buzzwords and a lot of references, but I like it. Um, let's see. He... Yes, though my ideas may stray far from the original intent of the founders, sometimes steps sometimes steps must be taken to enable no steps must be taken to preserve society i'm bad at pol i'm bad at political stuff unless i like take some real time to do it and i only have 40 minutes left so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time worrying about this oh i screwed that up screwed up the formatting we'll figure that out later um sometimes steps must be taken to ensure the uh welfare of every citizen in our society and then what does Profion say that we live in a society? Nah, we're not going to have someone say that we live in a society. They already did. That, that line has officially become uh, overused. Profion. Uh, yes. The welfare of every citizen. And who maintains... Uh, no. Every citizen in our society. 
And what maintains that society, <laughs> Senator? Only the guiding principles set down by those by uh, Mordenkainen and his like to change those would be to render Greyhawk and her sister states unrecognizable the collected assembly mutter at the name Mordenkainen. Because uh, we got to have some sort of uh, reference to the the famous D&D people. If you don't make references to D&D characters, you're not doing a D&D movie. Which is kind of unfortunate, because I'm not a huge fan of like obvious references, but, you know, here we are. Um, let's see. And then when you're higher level, you'll understand, Savina. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we thought about going super, like, really hardcore referential in this, but our goal was to make this kind of, like, at least with the possibility of actually getting made. Um, which it's not going to get made anyway, but still. Um, Profion continued. Uh and besides, is it not in nature that the... No, he's not going to argue in nature. Um, Profion's not continuing there. Uh, instead, it's Savina. And what is Savina arguing? Um, at one point... Ah. Much like the nature of magic itself, ma nature of our understanding of magic itself, is our society not supposed to change? I very much doubt you look the same now as you did 30 years ago, Profion. Zing, the collected, uh, let's see. There are scattered, stifled chuckles among the assembly. Plus, we want we want Savina to be likable, and there's nothing more likable to me, at least, than mouthing off to an authority figure and getting away with it. Um, Savina, uh, Savina continued. No, it's not going to talk. It's not going to do that. I think that's what continued is. I know it's not very thrilling to, uh, you know what? Screw it. We're fine. There are scattered stifled chuckles among the assembly. Savina continued, but it's, and besides gray Hawk is no longer the fledgling city state. She once was. Her, nah, our coffers burst at the seams. Our magical, no, our arsenal is unmatched. There is no other destination so frequently set on our plane. 
Cool. Thanks, Red. Um, our plane, should we not allow Greyhawk to change to match these greater circumstances? The assembly seems to be siding with her. Profion. Uh, let's see. What's Profion going to get out of this? He wants, he wants, I mean, he's a magic user, so he naturally feels like he's superior. Profion's hanging out. Uh, he wants, should we not allow Greyhawk to change to match the cir greater circumstances? Of course we should, Senator, but we must carefully determine where these branches sprout and prune as necessary without a careful without the careful guiding hand and of the academy and the mages Greyhawk may see itself soon become a briar tangle with thorns fit to slice deep and cause more harm than... And what is happening with this page thing? Anyway. Briar Tangle with too many thorns to... Uh, not remove. Trim? Yeah, we're going to go with plant-based metaphor from Protheon, Protheon right now. Yeah, that's not bad. Some sort of level drain or lich ritual. I have a plan for him. He's actually going to be the um, the red herring bad guy. It turns out that the crime boss Damodar is using him to collect uh, eldritch artifacts, and then eventually he's going to be kind of like that first sacrifice to power him up. Uh, but we're going to do a red herring to like misdirect people. Too many thorns to trim. Trophion gestures dramatically, because if you've seen the D&D movie with Jeremy Irons, all he does when during the, the chamber scene is that's all he does. It's great. He is such a ham. Um, which is why I believe Something weird hap is happening on this formatting, but I don't know what it is. Huh. I don't know what's going on with the formatting here. I think it's probably just the zoom is screwing with it. Let me check really quick. Yeah, we're good. Okay. It's just using more as a way to show that uh, Profion is still talking over the page break. Who did I mention earlier? I mentioned Mordenkainen. Profion likes Mordenkainen. Cool. I believe we must ensure the Academy take that key. 
why I believe we must. Eh, there's some sort of like. Now nah, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna have Profion gesture dramatically here. We're gonna have Savina try something. Savina looks at the assembly pleading. They seem to side more with Profion now. Savina. But the common folk but our borders are secure. Our uh the city has not seen not seen. Uh let's see. Damodar uses rogue abilities to forge a magical ritual for Lichdom, and Profion is unwittingly collecting all the ingredients. It subverts the supremacy of magic with use of brains. Yeah, exactly. Um, but our borders are secure. Our coffers are... Our stores are full. Our people are... Profion. Our people are only... Entertaining our rule so long as they remain safe, and the academy plans to keep it that way. Magic. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have Profion win this initial one. Um, let's see. The Chambermaster signals an end to the current session. The assembly slowly filters out. Savina and Profion exchange subtly hostile. Subtly has an E in there, I'm sure of it. Oh, subtly. That's it. That's better. Interior. Greyhawk, Grand, Grand Citadel, Grand Citadel, uh, Corridor. Yeah, good one. Are people get get the common people? Uh, continue to sacrifice their children, their time, their lives, how uh, in defense of this place, which, which, uh, let's see, in defense of this place, which seeks, no, no, not seeks, no, Yet our borders are secure. Our stores are full. And we continue to rob the common families of their children, put swords in their hands, and point them 
at some distant threat. How many could be builders or mages? And then Profion is like, how do oh, you think people can be mages just because? Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, cool. I like it. Uh, Profion. How many could be mages? Senator, I think you're... Oh, what's, what's the... Senator, I think... Or is it not? No. Senator, how do you believe magical talent? Magical talent manifests. Do you think just any sort can learn the art? And then uh, the. Magic users in the assembly chuckle. It's clear. Oh no, it's not clear. We're using it's clear is just filler words. Savina is losing the crowd. Uh, but the very existence of the academy itself preaches uh, teaches otherwise. And I think we're gonna run. I think we're just gonna give him like a time limit. I think we're just gonna be like, nah, click, click, click. Uh, oh no. We're gonna we're gonna have him wrap it up. Very existence the academy itself teaches otherwise. Um, its founder Elminster sought to teach magic to whomever would. But in the effort now, who to whoever would uh, seek would apply. We're gonna go with apply themselves because even though it's a weak phrase, this is a first draft. Um, trophy on Elminster, uh, and where has Elminster gone? Ordenkainen, though. At least Ordenkainen maintains some manner of communication with the city. I would not trust the security of our fair city to the ideals of an absentee wizard. You would do better to study your history, Senator. Yeah. Mutters the assembly mutters the assembly members mutter among themselves. Savina looks distraught. Profion looks smug. Profion. I have nothing f more to say this evening. Savina looks hesitant. Savina, 
I also yield the floor. Ah, defeated. We're going to change hesitant to defeated. Chamber Master signals an end to the current session. The assembly slowly filters out Savina and Profion exchange subtly. I'm just going to make him outright hostile. Elements are at a significant portion of a novel where he was female. Let's make them canonically trans. So here's the thing about magic, at least my philosophy on it. The minute you decouple the physical form from just maintaining where you can turn into an animal or change your gender, the entire thing about identity completely goes out the window. You might as well be whatever you want. Yeah, Elmister's trans. Cool. All of these wizards probably are. I don't know. At least in some manner. Um, you should check out uh, the Eclipse Phase RPG. It's a transhuman sci-fi RPG about what happens when you fully digitize the consciousness and perfect... Uh, like biological cloning and that sort of thing, editing stuff like that, and it you get it gets really out there. It's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Scattered groups of assembly members discuss the evening's uh, talks. Savina. Exits and meets with her bodyguard. Uh, did I give him a body? Did I give her a bodyguard? I did, I think. Savina had a bodyguard. Who was it? it was someone Dodd knew, because later on they need to be connected somehow. And also, yeah, let's make him a dwarf. A dwarf named... We're going to name Urist because I play Dwarf Fortress and that's the name Urist has. Uh, braided with her bodyguard. Urist, a dwarf with a braided red mustache and... War pick, because the war pick is an underused weapon. Forest. Didn't go well. Savina. The council is too... For the council, Senate is too comfortable on its perch. I don't know if I'm the one to convince them to spend time among the common people. Tourist. If anyone will convince them, it will be you, my lady. Savina. Don't call me that. She catches sight of Profion talking with a group of other magic users. Savina continued. <coughs> oh. 
It's uh, don't call me that. Yeah, she's just gonna look and then she's gonna leave. She sighs and turns to go. No. So I need to put a hint in here. There needs to be there's a there's a bounty out. Uh let's see. The uh, Academy. I happen to have close knowledge of a secretive academy project. Some elder faculty and I have recently discovered the location of Mordenkainen's Recently discovered Mordenkainen's lab. We have put out a contract on the open market, and oh, whoa, whoa! Riders do it. What are you doing? Sorry, I'm gonna un I'm gonna un uh, zoom this for a second because this is getting all sorts of wacky. There we go. Wow, what a novel experience to watch a screenwriter work. Usually a test on such isolation. Hello, Jess Paul. I hope you're doing all right. Everything going on. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of filling time because my buddy is uh, absent this week. And I figured this is a really low investment project, so I'm going to put some time into it. I'm going to put out a contract in the open market and expect results from... Expect and expect results. Any gain? Uh, no. My contract in the open market. It's even more novel when it's a novelist. I technically I am a novelist because I've written one, but I'm not a published novelist. So, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, I have been told for other short films that my screenwriting style is too novelistic. So I'm trying really hard to make this way more functional. Um, I'm leaning on my technical experience writing resumes to really give just like bare bones descriptions of everything. Put on a contract on the open market and expect results with it. Results by the new moon. We're going to have a new moon in here. The assembly mutterances mutterings 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 i guess is the word the assembly mutterings grow louder savina's eyes widen profion there we go i have nothing more to say this evening there we go now the seed is planted that savina is going to hire her own crew of adventurers to pursue this uh alleged thing going on. Whoa, that's not what I wanted. At some point, I'm going to get the hang of this. Okay. I also used the floor. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't go well. If anyone will convince them, it'll be you, my lady. Don't call me that. She catches sight. Talking with other magic users. Profion shoots her a smug look. Savina. 
Tell me, Urist, how many adventurers do you know? Uh, tell me, Urist, do you know any adventurers? And then we cut to the long night back to the party, and that's how you do a transition. Oh, man, every once in a while, I do surprise myself. The long night is surprise myself by getting water all over my face from my water bottle. The long night is a den of scum and villainy. God sits with Kai in her... Okay, I gotta do something that's not gonna make me angry. How old did I make Dodd? In his 40s. So Kai is going to be in her 30s. I made him in his 40s? Jeez. I guess, oh, because I wanted John Cho to be the main character. Uh, and he's like 48, which is shocking. So we're gonna make them both in their 30s. So it's Kai in her... Kai... Uh, Kai, a woman in her 30s with dark hair and a scar around her neck. Yeah, why not? I like I like the I like the noose scar as an unreferenced character descriptor. Let's see. Um does the Kai the bar is rowdy. Dodd. I'm just saying I'm not in the city very often, and I think you need to show me what's new around town. Hi. Oh. They nurse their ales. We're going to call them ales because this is a fantasy story, but, you know, whatever. Um, Kai, I don't think Dad would like that too much. He thinks, he doesn't think, think you're respectable. God looks up at the tavern's second story where Damodar, a crime boss with an eye patch, and that eye patch is going to be important, Red. You know that, because he's got a magical eyeball implant under there. Crime boss with an eye patch in his 60s with an eye patch. They go looking for fun and end up with a gambling debt to Damodar, which Richard calls their loyalty into question. Oh, that's not bad. Um, but Damodar is actually his love interest dad, so now he has that awkward kind of like, yeah. Watches down on the floor with his arms crossed. God waves. Damodar doesn't respond. God. I suppose, uh... Treasure hunting isn't as respectable a unemployment, respectable a career as uh, tavern keeping, but I also think it's dangerous to toss stones when you live... Uh, I don't want to do stones in a glass house. I need another metaphor for, like, you know, 
don't throw stones when you live in a glass. Some, some equivalent to that. It sounds fantasy. I also don't think you should. Um... Thoughts your knives straight up. Uh, it's not good, but I'll go back and edit that. Kai. Say one thing about Dad. At least he knows what line of work he's in. God takes a long drink. <clears throat> God, there's room on the ship, you know. We could use another set of hands if you were looking to spend some time away from home. I laughs. Kai. <clears throat> if you think my spending time with you gives my father pause, you know, I don't know, there's something here about. <clears throat> If you thought stealing from goblins was dangerous, I'm not sure you've fully considered the peril of stealing Damodar's daughter. God, it's not stealing if the she goes willingly, is it? Kai looks at him. This is banter. I don't know. It's it's character building banter. Kai's pretty cool. She's gonna eventually be like willing to fight her dad when her dad like reveals his evil nature. <clears throat> Kai looks at him. Before she can respond, the door opens and the room quiets. Fist of bronze occupies the doorway. Yeah. Then Fist of bronze occupies the doorway. Then things resume. As Fist of Bronze approaches the bar. <clears throat> God. Hey, friend. The ship. All ship shape. Fist. It doesn't need to be capitalized. Fist of Bronze nods once. And with coin to spare, he sets a bag on the bar, or a sack on the bar. It jingles. 
Fist of Bronze. And it'll mark continued, I hope. There it is. Uh, Fist of Bronze. And we're going to spare. Yeah, Fist of Bronze absolutely maintains a uh, five-foot threat radius. As a monk, I'm suspecting he's probably just like way of the open hand or whatever the actual default monk class is. Um, it jingles. Um, I have little use of this. Please buy the crew around when they arrive. I expect they should shortly. God quickly swipes the bag from the bar and checks to see if anyone saw it. Everyone seems to involved in their own shenanigans. The shenanigans Pause when the door opens again to reveal Harlock and Marion with Elm behind them. Uh, Bouncer. Find the sword or leave it with me. Elm steps forward and Hisses through her teeth. We're going to make these elves a little more animalistic. Teeth. Elm. Take it. Bouncer. Waits a moment, then nods her into the building. Yeah, you know, it's a bar. They're not going to push for your weapon, but they're going to ask for it. We're going to have her say, if you take it. If you can take it, you can bind it yourself. The trio move to the bar. Uh, yeah, I think that's actually where we're going to call it today. Got about, let's see, we're on page 13. We ended on the midway through seven, so we seem to be doing like six ish, six and a half, seven pages each time, which is fine by me. That's actually not bad. That's uh, better than my normal output. This is kind of what it looks like uh, using the default view on Writer Duet's main page. Uh, looking at it, it looks good to me, but also I don't have any real sort of reference. Uh, so yeah, guys, thank you for being here. This has been a special edition AMA, I guess, of Talking Upstream, or Twitching Upstream, rather. Talking Upstream is a Sunday edition. You can check that at Pod TV. Thanks to Pod TV for putting us on their network at all. Shout out to Scene Snobs. You can see their logo right here. I figured it out. Uh, Make Manhattan runs a good network. I'm glad to be on it. Shout out, oh man, who all am I shouting out to? I had this written down, I swear. Uh, first off, I'm Dylan. You can find all of my stuff at somenobodies.com. We're on all podcast platforms. You can check out Silicon Angels. 
uh, CYOP Appeal, which is a uh, branching storyline, choose-your-own-adventure style podcast. Uh, I wrote 18 episodes. Zach narrated it and edited them together into something that I think turned out really well, so I'd appreciate if you go check that out. Leave a comment to tell us which endings you found. Also got a shout-out to our Patreons. we got a Patreon, which you can go to and, uh, you know, help us get funded a little bit. Um, those include Scott Curtis of Behind the Bits. He's a great interviewer, literally award-winning. Uh, Sarah Tukacic and Tanya Sheck. Check out the Listener app. It's the greatest podcast app, I think, is their tag on Instagram. We've got a special shout-out to Jim Ede of the Ede Foundation, as always. Appreciate you guys for hanging out and... Uh, Watching this weird video, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but I hope you find something entertaining or uh, notorious. Notorious? I don't know. I'm just saying stuff at this point. It's the end of the show. Um, like I said, I appreciate you tuning in. Check out Tuesday when uh, Zach might be back. We'll see. He's got some stuff going on, but that's okay. He, you know, He's free to take his time. It's no big deal. Uh, tune in Monday night for The Real Boys, Friday night for The Real Boys Relaxed or casual Fridays, whatever we're calling it, special editions. And then uh, Wednesdays for No Time to Binge, where we watch the first and last episodes of TV, figure out what goes on in the middle. My name is Dylan. You're great. Zach does this way better. But um, I really do appreciate you guys hanging with me. We'll see you next time. Be well out there.